Wondery Plus subscribers can binge all seven episodes of Inside the Exorcist ad-free. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The following contains mature content. You've been warned. From Wondery, I'm Mark Ramsey, and this is part one of Inside... November 22, 1993, McAllen, Texas. About 80 miles from the Gulf of Mexico, the old man sits in his wheelchair on his back stoop. He stares into the black evening sky. His hands clutch something, a pill bottle. It's full barbiturates for the pain, always the pain choke them down, every one. He watched the empty pill bottle roll off the stoop and onto the ground. Hey, Bill, why don't you come on inside now? It's getting late and it's cold out here. (sighs) Take me to bed. Bill Brinkley was 76. A celebrated author, his final novel was The Last Ship a book about the crews of an American destroyer and a Russian nuclear submarine who are the last survivors of a nuclear war. In 2014, it would become a TV series. The world would catch up with one man's bleak vision. Okay, we'll see you in the morning. Good night. Brinkley could feel the pills burst in his stomach as he lay quietly in his pitch-black room. Eyes wide open, he watched the room stretch and sway. He watched the walls bend. He felt the bedding loosen. He was not alone under those sheets. He felt himself sinking into the bed as if it was swallowing him whole. Bill, are you okay? I thought I heard something. I'm okay. Okay, good night. Staring into nothingness, seeing... What is it? He saw something swirling over him as if the ceiling had opened into a vast abyss one that was drawing him up he stretched out his arms he closed his eyes he felt his bedclothes dangle beneath him he felt icy sharp claws on his chest and back turning him in midair he stopped a vile, hot breath in his face. As life drained away, he opened his eyes one final time.
Do you ever wonder where all your money went? Like every single time you look at your bank account? Honestly, it's probably all those subscriptions. I felt that way too, until I got Rocket Money. Rocket Money helped me see all the subscriptions I'm paying for, and it was eye-opening. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it all adds up so quickly. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different. So your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Bill Brinkley had been deeply depressed, his friends said, depressed and terrified for a very long time. Brinkley had always been a writer. Before the books, he worked for the Washington Post. In 1949, he wrote the strangest story of his career, and it was all true. It was on the front page under the headline, Priest Frees Mount Rainier Boy Reported Held in Devil's Grip. It was the most famous exorcism case in American history. He could never shake the things he heard and saw then. There was no distance in time and space great enough to set him free. That's when the nightmares began. And November 22nd, 1993 is when they would end. But that story about the exorcism of a 14-year-old boy in a tranquil enclave of suburban Washington, that story would not die. It would haunt that boy forever. It would stick in the imagination of one Georgetown student who would later transform it into a horrifying best-selling novel. And the film based on that novel would terrify generations of moviegoers convinced that you or I at any time could be possessed by a demon. And it all began with a boy known as Robbie. July 2017. Hello? Um, hello, is this Robbie or Rob? Yes. Are you the Rob whose exorcism in 1949 was the basis for the movie The Exorcist? Who is this? <clears throat> My name is, um... Mark Ramsey, and I'm, I'm, I'm creating a, a seven-part podcast on the making of the movie The Exorcist, and your story is the foundation for that movie, so I'd, I'd really love to, to talk with you for just a few minutes about your experiences back in 1949. Would, would, would that be okay? Do not ever call me again. 
Saturday, January 15, 1949. Mount Rainier, Maryland. A pleasant, tree-lined neighborhood of close-packed stucco homes. Newsboys and pedestrians, smiles and waves. Everyone knew the folks next door. Even the mayor knew every resident by name. There were no strangers. There was nothing strange. It began with a drip. Robbie and his grandmother heard it. Robbie was a quiet boy, a private boy, not yet 14. I checked the faucet in the kitchen, Grandma. How about you? I checked the one upstairs. Nothing, Robbie. They followed the noise to Grandmother's room. Above the ceiling, in the walls, hanging over her bed, a painting of Jesus. As they approached, they could see... They could see it move. It was trembling, shaking, as if as if something was behind it, throwing a fist against the wall. They didn't move. They didn't breathe. They were in the middle of the room. They didn't touch anything. What made that noise? The dripping had stopped. Mom, Dad, you have to come upstairs and listen to this. What is it, Robbie? It sounds like, like, like claws scraping across wood. In the morning, an exterminator pulled up floorboards and ripped down wall panels. He was looking for rodents. He found nothing. It was a nuisance, an annoyance, but harmless. Harmless. A new day. Still, the mysterious scratching. Robbie's at home in the basement, alone. He's playing one of his favorite games. It was a gift from his Aunt Harriet in St. Louis. A polished wood board, a Ouija board. On it, all the letters of the alphabet, numbers zero through nine, in two words, yes and no. His fingers gently moved a small wooden platform, a planchette, across it. With this... You can make contact with the spirit world, Aunt Harriet told him. The dead can speak to you. He wanted the dead to speak to him. He wanted it so very much. It was January 26, 1949, less than two weeks after the scratching noises started, and Aunt Harriet had suddenly died. Speak to me, Aunt Harriet. Speak to me, Aunt Harriet. Speak to me. Nothing. Well, not not nothing. It was at that moment that the scratching noise stopped. He went to his bedroom. On his nightstand, another gift from Aunt Harriet, a simple music box. Play this and think of me, she told him, and I will come to you. That night... There were new noises. The sound of footsteps across the floor, across the bed, up the wall, and across the ceiling. Is that you, Aunt Harriet? Aunt Harriet, if it's you, knock three times.
Robbie gripped the mattress as it shook violently. He was thrown off. He ran to a rocking chair and curled up like a ball. The chair beneath him began to spin and whirl. I'm not doing this! I'm not doing this! Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home? isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, Robbie, what you got? May 7, 1944. Robbie is seven years old. He's walking home from school. Today was craft day. The teacher melted wax in a pot. The kids circled the pot, each dipping a string in and out, Like magic, the string was becoming a candle. Robbie signed a card. Love, Robbie. A gift for his mother. Hey, Robbie, what you got? What is it, Kit Kat? Got your tongue? What are you hiding there? Give it to me. Oh, isn't that sweet? It's a candle for your mommy. I love you, mommy. (laughs) Forget it, Robbie. Nobody's gonna love you back. Robbie stood silently as the fragments, the shreds of his candle were scattered by the breeze. His gift was gone. Nobody's going to love you back, Robbie. He didn't cry. He knew they were right. February 26, 1949. After the horrors of the night Aunt Harriet died, Robbie didn't sleep well. Who could? Robbie was motionless, but the rest of the room was not. A heavy dresser moving across the floor. Drawers opening and slamming. Robbie thrashing in his bed. He was mumbling, saying something, but 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 to whom? Robbie's eyes were open, staring into a void. His parents were at his side when they heard a new and chilling sound. His face frozen. Robbie raised his shirt to reveal vicious, deep scratches. The type made not by fingers, 
but by claws. The family sought help from doctors and psychologists, but the the best advice came from the Lutheran minister who visited their home to pray for their boy. You have to see a Catholic priest. May 23rd, 1967, Westport, Connecticut. Linda Blair is eight, and she's doing what she loved most in the world, riding. She was already competing at horse shows, and she was winning. For all of her eight years, Linda had been winning. That's it, Linda, give me a little smile. Oh, beautiful, sweetie. Beginning at age four, Linda was shuttled from one modeling gig to the next. Her face was everywhere. Okay, turn a little my way. Great, honey. Print ads for Macy's, Sears, JCPenney, over 75 commercials for ivory soap, downy fabric softener, and more. She became, as her father put it, the number one little blonde double pigtailed model in New York. But animals. All animals, any animals, her animals. That's where her heart was. Cats, dogs, horses, chickens, snakes, frogs. If it walked, scurried, clucked, jumped, galloped, or slithered, Linda loved it. Things at home were not always easy. When her parents argued, Linda would hide in her room. She was hiding a lot lately. She would cower in a corner. Maybe, maybe she could wish it away. She held her new puppies close, She looked into their eyes, innocent eyes, yearning eyes, demanding nothing, wanting only to be loved. She hugged them harder. They hugged her back. She closed her eyes. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. Pet Med's pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best flea and tick products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code PODCAST for 40% off your first auto ship order. Spring 1931. Bronx. William Peter Blatty was three when he watched his father pack that suitcase. Daddy, can I help? No, son, that's that's okay. I can do it. He watched his father fumble with some shoes. But he didn't pick them up. He just stared down at them for a moment. And then He sat on the edge of the bed and he buried his face in his hands. Blatty watched. He followed his father to the door of their tiny apartment building. His father turned and bent down 
and kissed his forehead. His eyes were wet. Be good, buddy. One suitcase. That's all. Blatty stood in the doorway and watched his father walk slowly to the corner and disappear. He would never return. Be good, buddy. Fall 1941, uptown Chicago. William Friedkin, Billy, is six. Not too young to sweep up his family's one-room apartment. A kitchenette, a toilet, a closet. His parents slept on a bed that dropped from a wall every night. Billy slept on a cot beside it. His father had been laid off. This was all they had. And it was home. Today would be the day that will change Billy's life forever. Today he sees his first movie. The Pantheon was a classic old movie palace, vast and ornate. Gold leaf trim, elegant burgundy curtains. His mother held his hand and led him into the theater. Two seats there, a full house. The lights began to dim. Billy could feel the excitement building. The room was pitch black when the curtains began to part. The darkness gave way to a blinding white light and an ear-shattering blast of music. Young Billy Friedkin was terrified. Billy's mother led him out of the theater and into the daylight, followed by a hundred scornful stares. They walked home for miles. It took that long for Billy to calm down. A movie had scared the devil out of him. Chicago, 1950. School is in session at Sin High School on the north side. Everybody calm down. Everybody back to your seats. It was a regular occurrence. Someone in a black executioner's mask would storm the classroom at random. He would throw erasers and chalk around the room, then out the door he would vanish as quickly as he appeared. The room was left incredulous. Who was this masked man? From a safe distance, behind some dumpsters in back of the school, 15-year-old Billy Friedkin pried off the dark mask. He ran his fingers through his hair and smiled. He wasn't good with books, No one would describe his future as promising, yet here, here was something he delighted in, something he could do well. He could scare people. There was one thing Billy Friedkin wanted in high school, and that was to make the basketball team. After an exhausting day of tryouts, this was the moment, make or break, all the boys lined up on the bench. Okay, boys, thanks for coming out today for the basketball team. Everyone at Sen High is extraordinarily proud of our team, and we're going to win the championship this year. Friedkin's tryout performance, the best he could summon, was more than good enough to make the team he knew. Okay, when I call out your name, come up to get your jersey. Davis, Bell, 
Marsh, Booth, Harper, Rogers, Taylor, Harris, Gray, Hill, Barker, and uh, Dixon. That's all I have. Friedkin didn't move. Maybe, maybe he had missed his name? He was in shock. He was sure he would get on the team. He was always sure of his abilities. It was an ambition that would very often collide with reality, leaving him stunned and adrift. You should have made it, the boy next to him said. Billy ran all the way home in tears. He would later recall, I see this young man in my mind's eye, a shy, sensitive boy, with little self-confidence, crying all the way home. March 23rd, 1962. Billy Friedkin arrived at the Cook County Courthouse before 9 p.m. By midnight, the lights would dim. That would be the moment the world would know that the execution was over. Billy and 29 other witnesses were led into a claustrophobic room with five rows of old wooden benches facing a metal screen. Behind that, the electric chair. Into the room walked Vincent Chucci, flanked by four armed guards. Billy met Chucci during a documentary he was filming. He was about to end his stay on death row. He left behind no possessions and no family. He had on his cell wall small photos of his three young children and his wife, all perished in a fire that consumed his small house. Billy watched the man being strapped in. Restraints around his arms and feet. He was blindfolded. A black mask placed over his face. The warden appeared. He checked his watch. Midnight, it was time. The warden signaled. Behind the mask, Vincent Chucci murmured something. He was praying. That's when the lights dimmed and the murmuring stopped. Four thousand five hundred volts of electricity shot through his body. The muscles of his neck ballooned as if they would explode. His thighs began to glow red. Smoke began to rise from them. A man next to Billy turned away and vomited. The smoke continued to rise, shrouding the black mask until the twitching stopped. The legal execution of Vincent Chuchi is complete. The witnesses filed out in silence. No one could speak. Billy had just watched a man put to death before his eyes. The man was convicted on four counts of first-degree murder. The state sentenced him to death, and yet Billy had to think. Have we beaten evil here? Or has evil beaten us? Billy Friedkin's documentary work landed him a plum job, his first in L.A., with producer David Wolper, who was then known as Mr. Documentary. Billy would direct projects for ABC, including one called The Bold Man, about, 
Well, it was always about men in those days, men who risked their lives for adventure. Among the subjects, Chet Jessick, a lion tamer with a traveling circus. Mr. Friedkin, come into the cage with me. In, into the cage? Yeah, yeah, don't you need to get your shot? Come on. They look like lions, but they're pussycats. I've been working with them for years, trust me. Oh, it's not you I don't trust. Well, Chet was right. Billy needed the shot into the cage he went. Just don't look into their eyes. Stay behind me. Oh, you bet I will. The lion circled, snarled, and snapped. They came within inches of Friedkin and his camera. Billy was terrified and was sure the lions knew it. Stay calm. Our only advantage is that lions don't know just how weak we are. Ideally, I prefer more advantages, Chet. A year after Chet Jessick's Lion Tamer episode aired, his daughter called Billy. A lion had attacked her father. She bit off one of his arms. What frightens you? Billy once asked Jessick. I'm not afraid of death, he said. I'm only afraid of life. Georgetown University, 1949. William Peter Blatty is in his junior year. This is his New Testament class. The Jesuit professor is Father Eugene Gallagher. He is more excited than usual. So how do we know evil lives in the world? How do we know the devil exists? Catholic doctrine holds that there is more in this world that can be measured. That's the essence of mystery and the essence of faith. Pope Paul VI has said, evil is an efficient force, a living essence, spiritual, perverted and perverting, a terrible reality, mysterious and terrifying. Now listen closely to what I'm gonna tell you. Blatty leaned forward in his chair. Just miles from here, a young boy is in the throes of demonic possession. His room is shaking, furniture is moving, objects are being thrown across the room as if by an invisible force. Deep gashes are opening on his chest. He's speaking in tongues, saying vile things. Evil is real. It is monstrous. And it is here today. Blatty, Blatty was stunned. Philosophy of religion was one thing, but the personification of evil in the form of a young boy capable of superhuman acts and impossible feats, he, he couldn't get that subject out of his mind. Not ever. Years later, during a low point in his career, Blatty would return to this subject. He was in New York at the Oak Bar in the Plaza Hotel with his literary agent. So here's the idea. His agent pursed his lips, downed what was left of his cocktail, and snorted in disgust. He sternly looked down his nose and, as Blatty said, uttered words that are burned into my soul. Bill, at what point are you going to stop playing games and sit down and write something really great? Soon. Very soon. Next time on Inside the Exorcist.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Inside the Exorcist ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus and Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. From Wondery, this is a seven-part deep dive inspired by the story behind an unforgettable classic movie. This is Inside the Exorcist. Written and narrated by Mark Ramsey, featuring Stephanie Drake as Linda Blair. Sound design and editing by Jeff Schmidt. Produced by Mark Ramsey Media. Consulting producer Jeffrey Glazer. Executive producer Hernan Lopez for Wondering. listen to Smartless? Smartless is the podcast that I host with my friends who are more like brothers. The super talented and funny Will Arnett and Sean Hayes is... JJ, well, JJ, JJ, why are, yeah. you, why are you whispering? Well, it, there's there's a psst in the, in, the, in the copy. But people are listening, so it's like... They are listening. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In each episode of Smartless, one of us reveals our mystery guest to the other two. What ensues is a genuinely improvised and authentic conversation. Our mystery guests span. Our mystery... We'll cut this out. Our mystery guests... All right, here we go. We got a lot of big famous people from different walks of life, and if you're yeah, a wondering fan, then you're going to... Yeah. Just you come and listen Tyson. to it. Yeah. We're on Wondery right now, and you can listen to us. And no matter what you're doing, you're at the gym or you're in the car, just listen yeah. to the podcast. Sean, tell them where they can find it. Follow Smartless on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Smartless ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Bye. Bye. Bye.